0: Okay, and we're back. There is no Baroque theater music this time. I'm sorry for that. I know, I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? I just didn't want to bring up my laptop. Because, well, I think I've only gotten about three pages in of a 60-page novel, so... Buckle down, folks. This is part two of A Christmas Carol, read by Elliot from the Hey Elliot Podcast. So, here we go. Uh Ahem. When we last left you, Marley, who was dead. I don't know if it was clear enough. Marley was dead, and his face appeared in the keyhole. Got it? Okay. Marley's face. It was not impenetrable. It was not in impenetrable shadow, as the other objects in the yard were, but had a dismal light about it, like a bad lobster in a dark cellar. It was not angry or ferocious, but looked at Scrooge as Marley used to look with ghostly spectacles turned up on its ghostly forehead. The hair was curiously stirred, as if by breath or hot air, and though the eyes were wide open, they were perfectly motionless. That, and its livid color, made it horrible, but its horror seemed to be in spite of the face and beyond its control, rather than a part of its own expression. As Scrooge looked fixedly at this phenomenon, it was a knocker again. You know what? If you listen to my unrequited writing, this sounds a lot like it. I think uh I'm the reincarnated soul of Charles Dickens, folks. Anyway, to say that he was not startled or that his blood was not conscious of a terrible sensation to which it had been a stranger from infancy, infancy, could... Would oh God would be untrue, but he put his hand upon the key he had relinquished, turned it sturdily, walked in and lighted his candle. He did pause. Oh, he did, with a moment's resolution before he shut the door and he did, look cautiously behind it first, as if he half exp- you know what this is. You know this is written for like a play. It is. It's like every expression is written down and it could easily turn into a plane. It was, and it has. It's kind of, I don't, yeah, okay, whatever. Shut up, Elliot. Read. As if he half expected to be terrified with the sight of Marley's pigtail sticking out into the hall, but there was nothing on the back of the door except the screws and nuts that held the knocker on. So he said, Poo, pooh, pooh, poo. How did he say that? Did he go, Poo poo. Oh, he went poo poo. Wow. I've never, I've done that with people around, but I've never said poo poo. All right, okay. You know, fair enough and closed it with a bang. The sound resounded through the house like thunder. Every room above and every cask in the wine merchant's cellars below appeared to have a separate peal of echoes of its own. Scrooge was not a man to be frightened by echoes. He fastened the door and walked across the hall and up the stairs slowly, too, trimming his candle as he went. You, you, you may walk vaguely about driving a coach and up six Driving a coach and six up a good old flight of stairs and through a bad young act of parliament? (laughs) But I mean to say that you might have got a hearse up that staircase. Well, then why didn't you say that? And taking it to Broadway's and the splinter bar towards the wall and the door towards the balustrades. I know what balustrade is. Thank you and done it easy. There was plenty of width for that and room to spare, which is perhaps the reason why Scrooge thought he saw a locomotive hearse. Oh, wow. Going on before... I don't know what's going on right now, by the way, folks. So hopefully you're imagining this. Before him in the gloom, half a dozen gas lamps out of the street wouldn't have lighted the entry too well. So you may suppose that it was pretty dark with scrooge's dip i don't know what's going on i'm so sorry up scrooge went not carrying a button for that darkness is cheap and scrooge liked it okay i got that but before he shut his heavy door he walked through his rooms to see that all was right he had just enough recollection of the face to desire uh, to desire to do that Sitting room, bedroom, lumber room, all as they should be, nobody under the table, nobody under the sofa, a small fire in the grate, spoon and basin ready, and the little saucepan of gruel. Scrooge had a cold in his head upon the hob. Okay, that was in parentheses, so it was saucepan of gruel, parentheses, Scrooge had a cold in his head, upon which the hob. Upon the hop. sorry, I don't know where which came from. Nobody under the bed, nobody in the closet, nobody in his dressing gown, which was hanging up on a two fish baskets washing stand on three legs and a poker. That question mark is for me. I don't know how to picture that. Quite satisfied, he closed the door and locked himself in. Double locked himself in, which was not his custom. Thus secured against surprise, he took off his cravat, cravat, cra- cra- put on his dressing gown and slippers and his nightcap and sat down before the fire to take his gruel. Oh, my God. Just go upstairs, get your gruel. Yeah, you're freaked out. Okay, this is how it should have been. Scrooge, who was freaked out, knew nobody was in there. So he said, screw it, I'm going to have some gruel. That's literally all that had to happen. Oh, yeah. They make good rum out in the Caribbean, that's for sure. Okay. Anyways, it was a very low fire indeed, nothing on such a bitter night. He was obliged to sit close to it and brood over it before he could extract the least sensation of warmth from such a handful of fuel. The fireplace was an old one, built by some Dutch merchant long ago and paved all around with quaint Dutch tiles. Designed to illustrate the scriptures. There were Cains and Abels, Pharaoh's daughters, queens of Sheba, angelic messengers descending through the air on clouds like feather beds, Abraham's Belsars Bells Belshazzars, Belshazzars, apostles putting off to sea, in butter boats hundreds of figures to attract his thoughts, and a burp's coming up. Hold on a second. Ooh, oh my! Hopefully, he didn't hear that. Ugh. Okay, butter boats. Hundreds of figures to attract his thoughts, and yet that face of Marley, seven years dead, came like the ancient prophet's rod. I don't know what that means. And swallowed up the whole. Oh, was that the swallowed up the whole? Huh? Came like the ancient prophet's rod and swallowed up the whole. If each. If each smooth dial had been a blanket first <laughs> Hold on Okay, I'm back Okay, <clears throat> focus With power to shape some picture on its surface From the disjointed fragments of his thoughts There would have been a copy of old Marley's head on every one humbug Said Scrooge and walked across the room after several turns he sat down again as he threw his head back in the chair his glance happened to rest upon a bell a disused bell that hung in the room and communicated for some purpose now forgotten with a chamber in the highest story of the building it was with great astonishment and with a strange inexplicable dread that as he looked he saw his bell begin to swing It swung so softly in the outset that it scarcely made a sound, but soon it rang out loudly, and so did every little bell in the house. This might have lasted half a minute, or a minute, but it seemed an hour. The bells ceased as they had begun together. They were succeeded by a clinking noise, deep down below, as if some person were dragging a heavy chain over the casks in the wine merchant's cellar. Scrooge then remembered to have heard that ghosts in haunted houses were described as dragging chains. The cellar door flew open with a booming sound, and then he heard the noise much louder on the floors below, then coming up the stairs, then coming straight towards his door. It's humbug still, said Scrooge. I won't believe it. <laughs> He sounds like Donald Trump. (laughs) He does. (laughs) I won't believe it. Still humbug. (laughs) That's my Donald Trump impression. I'm sorry. You know what? That impression deserved another drink, didn't it? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Am I breaking up the drama? Oh, my God. You're so needy. His color changed, though. When, without a pause, it came on through the heavy door, and pass into the room before his eyes. Upon its coming in, the dying flame leaped up as though it cried. I know him, Marley's ghost, and fell again. The same face, the very same fucking face, Marley in his fucking pigtail, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Marley in his pigtail, usual waistcoat, tights, and boots, the tassels on the Ladder bristling, like his pigtail, and his coat skirts and the hair upon his head. The chain he drew was clasped about his middle. It was long and wound about him like a tail, and it was made. (Parentheses) For Scrooge observed it closely, observed it, observed, observed it closely, of cash. Hold on. Cash, boxes, keys, padlocks, ledgers, deeds, and heavy purses wrought in steel. His body was transparent so that Scrooge observing him and looking through his waistcoat could see the two buttons on his coat behind. Scrooge had often heard it said that Marley had no bowels, but he never believed it until now. I don't know. I don't know what that means. No... Nor did he believe it now, though he looked the phantom through and through and saw it standing before him. Though he felt the chilling influence of its dead cold eyes and marked the very texture of the folded kerchief bound about its head and chin with wrapper he had not observed before, observed, observed, observed before, he was still incredulous and fought against his sentience. Sentience. God. Hold on. He was, he was still incredulous and fought against his senses. How now? said Scrooge, caustic and cold as ever. What do you want with me? Much? Marley's voice, no doubt about it. Who are you? Ask me who I was. Who were you then? said Scrooge, raising his voice. You're particular for a shade, he was going to say to a shade but substituted this as more appropriate in life i was your partner jacob marley can you can you sit down asked scrooge looking doubtfully at him i can do it then Scrooge asked the question because he didn't know whether a ghost so transparent might find himself in a condition to take a chair and felt that in the event of its being impossible, how did this guy even get famous? Like, how did he get popular? Do you know what I mean? Like, ah, okay, okay, hold on. and felt that the event of its being impossible, it might involve the necessity of an embarrassing explanation, but the ghost sat down on the opposite side of the fireplace as if he were quite used to it. You don't believe in me. He does write do like I write. This is amazing, observed the ghost. I don't, said Scrooge. What evidence would you have of my reality beyond that of your senses? I don't know, said Scrooge. Why do you doubt your senses? I don't know, what that, I don't know why that voice came out of my mouth. Because, said Scrooge, a little thing affects them. A slight disorder of the stomach makes them cheats. You may be an undigested bit of beef a blot of mustard a crumb of cheese a fragment of an undone potato there's more gravy than of grave about you whatever you are scrooge was not much in the habit of cracking jokes nor did he feel in his heart by any means waggish then the truth is that he tried to be smart as a means of distracting his own attention and keeping down his terror, for the spectre's voice disturbed the very marrow in his bones. To sit staring at those fixed glazed, glazed eyes in silence for a moment would play, Scrooge felt, the very deuce with him. There was something very awful, too, and the specters being provided with an infernal atmosphere of its own. Scrooge could not feel it himself, but was clearly in the case, for although the ghost sat perfectly motionless, its hair and skirts and tassels, ooh, wow, poppin' we're still agitated as by the hot vapor from the oven did you get that because i started tuning out i don't know what <laughs> hold on a second hold on i need one of my my my, 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 my medicine mm-hmm. okay and we're back You see this toothpick, said Scrooge, returning quickly to the charge for the reason just assigned and wishing, though it were only for a second, to divert the vision's stony gaze from himself. I do, replied the ghost. You're not looking at it, said Scrooge. But I see it, said the ghost, notwithstanding. Well, returned Scrooge. I have but to swallow this, and be for the rest of my days persecuted by a legion of goblins, all by my own creation. Humbug! I tell you, humbug. H-U-M-B-U-G. Humbug. Got it? Good. At, at this, the spirit raised a frightful cry, Whoa! and shook its. That's. A, that's a, is that frightful? Whoa! And shook its chain with such a dismal and appalling noise that Scrooge held on tight to his chair to save himself from falling in a swoon. But how much greater was his horror when, the phantom taking off the bandage round its head, as if it were too warm to wear indoors, its lower jaw dropped down upon its breasts, its bosom. It dropped upon its bosom. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Focus, focus, focus scrooge fell upon his knees and clasped his hands before his face mercy he said dreadful apparition why do you trouble me man of worldly mind replied the ghost do you believe me or not i do said scrooge i must but why do spirits walk the earth and why do they come to me it is required of every man, the ghost returned, that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel. Fellow men, sorry, fellow men, and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world. Oh, woe is me! And witness what it cannot share, and might have shared on earth. And turn to happiness again the specter raised a cry <laughs> raised a cry and shook its chain and wrung its shadowy hands you are fettered said Scrooge Timberlink tell, tell me why I wear the chain I forged in life replied the ghost I made it link By link And yard by yard I girded it on my own free will And my own free will I wore it Is it Is its pattern strange to you? Scrooge trembled More and more I wish I could have a cartoon sound Of of just like shaking bones Or would you know Pursued the ghost The weight and length of the strong coil You bear yourself It was full, as heavy and as long as this. Seven Christmas eves ago, you labored on it. Since it is a ponderous chain, Scrooge glanced about him on the floor, and, in the expectation of finding himself surrounded by some fifty or sixty fathoms of iron cable, iron, iron cable, (laughs) but he could see he could see nothing. Jacob. (laughs) Jacob, he said imploringly, Oh, Jacob Marley, tell me more. Speak comfort to me, Jacob. I have none to give. (laughs) The ghost replied, It comes from other regions, Ebenezer. Scrooge. is conveyed by other ministers to other kinds of men nor can i tell you what i would a very little more is all permitted to me i cannot rest i cannot say i cannot linger anywhere my spirit never walked beyond our counting house mark me my in my life my spirit never roved beyond the narrow limits of our money-changing hole (laughs) Money changing cold made me laugh. Sorry, <laughs> and weary journeys lie before me. It was a habit with Scrooge, whenever he became thoughtful, to put his hands at his, in his breeches, breeches pockets, pondering on what the ghost had said. He did so now, but without lifting up his eyes or getting off his knees. You must have been very, very slow about it, Jacob. Scrooge observed in a business like manner. Though with humility and deference, slow the ghost repeated. Seven years dead, mused Scrooge. Seven years dead, mused Scrooge, and travelling all the time, the whole time, said the ghost. No rest, no peace, incessant torture of remorse. You travel fast, said Scrooge, on the wings of the wind, replied the ghost. You might have gone over a great, great quantity of ground in seven years," said Scrooge. The ghost, on hearing this, set up another cry, <laughs> and clanked its chains chain so hideously in the dead silence of the night that the ward would have been justified in indicting it, it for nuisance. Give me a second here. Oh, rum. All right, and we're back. Oh, captive bound and double ironed, cried the phantom, not to know that ages of incessant labor by immortal creatures for this earth must pass into eternity before the good of which it is susceptible all is all developed not to know that any Christian spirit working kindly in its little sphere, whatever it may be, will find its mortal life too short for its vast means of usefulness. Not to know that no space of regret can make amends for one of life's, one life's opportunity misused. Yet such was I. Oh, oh, oh! oh such was I. But you were always a good man of business, Jacob. Faltered Scrooge, who now began to apply this to himself. Business! cried the ghost, wringing its hands again. Mankind was my business. The common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, and benevolence were all my business. Burp, he burped. <laughs> The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. It held up its chain at arm's length as if that were the cause of all its unavailing grief, and flung it heavy upon the ground again. At this time of the rolling year, the specter said, I suffer most. Why did I walk through the crowds of fellow beings with my eyes turned down and never raise them to that blessed star which led the wise men to a poor abode? Were there no poor homes to which its light would have conducted me?' Scrooge was very dismayed to hear the spectre going on at this rate, and began to quake exceedingly. "'Hear me!' cried the ghost. "'My time is nearly gone!' "I, I, "'I will,' said Scrooge. "'But don't be hard upon me. "'Don't be flowery, Jacob. Pray!' "'How it is that I appear before you in a shape that you can see! "'I may not tell. "'I have sat invisible beside you many!' and many a day. Whew, it was not an agreeable idea. Scrooge shivered and wiped the perspiration off his brow. That is no light part of my penance, pursued the ghost. I am here to night to warn you that you have yet a chance and hope of escaping my fate, a chance and hope of my procuring Ebenezer. You were always a good friend to me, said Scrooge. Thank ye. You will be haunted, resumed the ghost, by three spirits. Scrooge's countenance fell almost as low as the ghost's had done. Is that a chance and hope you mentioned? Is that a chance and hope you mentioned, Jacob? He demanded in faltering voice. It is. I think I'd, I'd rather not said Scrooge, without their visits, said the ghost. You cannot hope to shun the past I a tre- path I tread. Expect the first tomorrow when the bell tolls one Couldn't I take em all at once and have it over, Jacob? Hinted Scrooge. Expect the second on the night at on a second on the night at the same hour the third upon the next night when the last stroke of twelve has ceased to vibrate look to see me no more and look that for your own sake you remember what has passed between us when it had said these words the specter looked, took its wrapper from the table and bound it around its head as before Scrooge knew this by the smart sound its teeth made when the jaws were brought together by the bandage. (sighs) Way to kill the mood, buddy. Just, uh, Dude, you had me going, okay? And then you had to talk about the bandage wrapping. I mean, Jesus. Just pick up the bandages and go, Marley. You've overstayed your welcome. Okay, when the jaws were brought together by the bandage, he ventured to raise his eyes again and found his supernatural visitor confronting him in an erect attitude (laughs) with its chain wound over and about its arm the apparition walked backwards backward from him and at every step it took the window raised itself a little so that when the spectre reached it reached it it was wide open it beckoned Scrooge to approach, which he did. When they were within two paces of each other, Marley's ghost held up its hand, warning him to come no nearer. Scrooge stopped, not so much in obedience as in surprise and fear, for one for on the raising of the hand he became sensible of confused noises in the air, incoherent sounds of lamentation and regret, wailings. Whoa! inexpressibly sorrowful and self-accusatory the spectre after listening for a moment joined the mournful dirge and floated out upon the bleak dark night scrooge followed to the window desperate in his curiosity he looked out the air was filled with phantoms wandering hither and thither in restless haste and moaning as they went every one of them wore chains like marley's ghost some few they might be guilty. Governments were linked together. None were free. Many had been personally known to Scrooge in their lives. He had been quite familiar with one old ghost in a white waistcoat and a monstrous, you know, he's lost me here. You know, that last uh, paragraph and a half, I haven't really paid attention. I, I literally started thinking about work and if if I should have stayed longer <laughs> and helped out, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what was I think I was thinking as I was reading that, okay, let's just. <laughs> <laughs> He had been quite familiar with one old ghost in a white waistcoat with a monstrous iron safe attached to its ankle, who cried piteously at being unable to assist a wretched woman with an infant with an infant who saw it below. I'm gonna read really fast here. Upon a doorstep, the misery with them all was clearly that they sought to interfere for good in human matters and had lost the power forever. Whether these creatures faded into mist "'or mist enshrouded them. "'He could not tell, "'but they and their spirit voices faded together, "'and the night became as it had been "'when he walked home. "'Scrooge closed the window "'and examined the door by which the ghost had entered. "'It was double-locked as he had locked it. "'With his own hands, "'and the bolts were undisturbed, "'he tried to say humbug, "'but stopped at the first syllable. "hum," "'And "being." from the emotion he had undergone or the fatigue of the day or his glimpse of the invisible world or the dull conversation of the ghost or the lateness of the hour in much in need of repose went straight to bed without undressing and fell asleep upon the instant that was stave one ladies and gentlemen that was stave one all right so first two parts will be stave one and two How does that sound, folks? How does that sound to you? Okay, so we're going to take another break here. And then I'll set you up for uh, a Christmas Carol Hey Elliot podcast part three. And we'll do that. Okay, folks? So stay tuned.